I want to thank one of our incredible sponsors, BrainTap. You may have listened to our podcast with the founder of BrainTap, Patrick Porter. And if you did, you'll definitely want to get involved in BrainTap. And if you didn't, please, please, I strongly recommend that you go back and listen. It's so incredibly informative. Here's what BrainTap can do. You can literally build your brain fitness with BrainTap's mobile app and wearable headset. Everyone here at Outcomes the Sun podcast has had and continues to have positive results with BrainTap. Your brain is guided from awake and reactionary patterns to intuitive and creative responses. BrainTap is backed by neuroscience and research and was developed by Patrick Porter himself. BrainTap creates a symphony of brainwave activity to optimize your brain's potential, restore your ability, balance your energy, and calm your brain. And listen, it is a game changer when it comes to sleep. This technology is truly a gift, and I am so incredibly grateful to be able to share it with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Outcome of the Sun podcast with my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi. We have a wonderful guest today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of where we're going before I introduce our guests. So where we're going on the podcast is we're going to have a theme. And this month, our theme is love. I wonder why it's February. Woohoo! So, um, but love, because it's this podcast, and this podcast is about mental health. This is about love as it, as it forms us in our mental balance and our emotional balance and our life balance and our way of communicating and how we feel about ourselves. So, so I'm, I'm super happy about uh, announcing my guest. It's a very good friend of mine, Lee Keckner. And we met, oh my gosh, we met, <laughs> we met at some ridiculous, like it was like a talk show um, and with her ex-husband. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to bring up your ex-husband, but it, it, no it was fun because we, we uh, <laughs> he was on the first, on his first ever Saturday Night Live back in 1996, he was introduced with the cat, with Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry and, and your ex-husband. Anyway, we met and we became, we just couldn't stop talking, Lee and I, that is. Uh, 20, I think it was 25 years later or something. Um, but Lee is an extraordinary human who has really focused her life on, on spirituality, on perfect that we're talking to you today about self-love um, and about creating, you know, a life that works for you as a, as a life coach and a spiritual guide. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of your take on what love, how love is represented in your kind of, in, in your life, in your mental balance, how you see it balancing your, you know, your brain or your, I don't know, the things that you have to do in your life. I love that, Mariel. I love that. And it's interesting because I think that everyone is a little mentally ill, meaning their mind might be spinning out of control and they're having a hard time stopping it. There's severity of everything, right? right. So there's people who are so mentally ill that, that, that 
um, they aren't able to communicate or so down low. But, but I think the majority of us are in neurosis or neuroses um, because our mind is in control and our mind is fear-based and that causes such, um, it causes everything to mess up in our body actually. So for me, self-love is where it's at. I think it is the most important thing we can practice on the planet. And I also think it's the best thing we can do for the planet. And you think about this, when somebody's crazy or pissed off or running around or doing this, right, they're thinking about themselves. So we only move from two emotions, love and fear. So fear is, I got to get ahead. I don't have enough. Greed. I'm, I'm, I got to, you know, knocking people over, walking past people. Like it's this fearful, I'm not good enough. I'm, it's caught up in neurosis, which is mental illness. It's just spinning out of control. So what I love about self-love is that you learn, and sometimes I have to do this, but you learn to come from your head, which spends about 80,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are negative and 90% of the same ones you spun yesterday. So that's pretty much hell on earth, right? That's going on in here. But when we can learn that that's not who we are, and we can learn to start observing that by who we really are, observing our humanness and starting having compassion for it and moving from here to here. So this is the access of love of all that is the energy that flows through everything and everyone. It's all within us and connected with each of us. So when we're moving from here, we see the world that we're seeing today, which is fear-based, out of control. I mean, always on the verge of everything imploding or destructing, right? With governments and everything that's happening with the environment. So it's like this, it's I'm really getting Gandhi's thing to be the change you want to see in the world. Everything starts here. So if you want to love out here and do good for others, you can only do as much as you do here. Right. And that's what's so important. Well, I love that you say that we're all just a little bit mentally ill, which which I know probably those that are listening, are, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable to hear that, right? But the truth is we all have mental imbalances. I mean, we all deal with grief. We all deal with stress. We all deal with anxiety. We all deal with a, pan, a global pandemic. We all deal with, you know, the laundry list is very long. So it's very, it's very good to just say, hey, this is okay, because everybody deals with it. It's not just the mentally ill, quote I mean, unquote. Well, look, you know, our mind is created to be at peace. I mean, we were, we came into this world, a clean slate, directly connected to all that is, right? And then that kind of gets paper mache, our soul, our heart gets paper mache over it with stories from our parents, from teachers, old boyfriends, you know, from the, from the world, from generations before us. And, you know, our job is to get quiet, start peeling back that stuff with different tools that we learn over time and get back to the core of who we are, which is peaceful, joyful, happy. That's our natural state. So unless you're experiencing that, there is some mental illness or something not exactly going right with your thoughts and by by the way our thoughts cause um illness in our body absolutely so it's it's the mind body it's so connected so whatever we're holding in our thoughts our body's like oh she just said i'm fat let's pile it on let's hold on to it i mean it's it's it sounds simple but it's true what you put out you get exactly back what you hold becomes your reality i know i'm going to get covid you're going you're going to you know, um, I'm old. My, I have friends who say all the time, I'm old, I'm old. And I look at them and go, holy hell, they're old. They're the same <laughs> age. But their body's listening. 
Yeah, you it's know? true. So the, mind uh, is the, so the, the the thought, I mean, what it comes down to, the thoughts we think are so incredibly powerful. And and Melissa and I talk about that all the time. We are so much more powerful than we realize, but we don't take oh, yes. we don't take that responsibility. We don't take that and go, "Oh my gosh, I can do anything. I can be anything. I can be vibrant and vital no matter what the age is." I mean, it's incredible. Um I, I wanted to bring something up that Melissa and I were talking about this morning, and this is a little sure. bit off topic, but you have so many kids. <laughs> so Lee has five kids, right? You have five kids, correct? Yeah, Holy five. Molly. Anyway, uh, I have two. <laughs> I, I say the same thing throughout the day. Holy moly. It never, when will it end? Oh, never. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's yeah. just pretty powerful. So where I was... So I, Melissa and I talk every day, every morning. I was on my walk this morning and um, we were talking and, and something came up about her son at being at college. And he's an unbelievable, first of all, he's an unbelievable human. I call him my spirit animal. I don't know why. I just love him so much that I want to like, Aww. just like merge with him in some other lifetime. But <laughs> he is so bright so accomplished and so disciplined but here he is at college and he was saying you were saying well you can say this better but he was you know like working so hard like a million tests and one day was eight in the morning till 11 or 10 at night something crazy 10 at night yeah so my just so i actually it blew my mind i thought about it all day and then I thought about your kids and I thought, wow, the, this, we are so ill-prepared and we have ill-prepared our children to deal with the reality of college and the, I mean, if we want to get back to love, the lack of love and sort of self, self-improvement. It's, it's self-improvement to the mm-hmm. brain, but it's not self-improvement to the whole picture. And I, I think there's mm-hmm. something missing in the education system that requires you as a kid to go off and spend all of your energy till you're totally spent, you know, doing this thing for you, for the, I don't know. I, I to be honest, oh, it, it, made, it made me crazy. And I thought I'd ask you about it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a good person to ask because I um, don't believe in our educational system at all. Meaning, y- yes, it is teaching kids to sit quiet, shut their mouth and memorize other people's words. And the best memorizer wins, right? But in real life, all that matters is our perspective what we bring to the table, how we feel about ourselves, how we communicate with other or conflict resolution. So kids are going, I'm a great memorizer. I got straight A's. I was this. And then they go out and they're like, oh, I don't know. What? You said what? Oh, he's mad at me. There's no coping skills. Right. I mean, to think about a child coming out and a mother, instead of a how-to book, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, get a book that says, uh, knowing Karen or knowing, knowing Sadie and you open it and it says, what does, what lights Sadie up when she's a baby? What does she like? Does she like to be wrapped tight? Does she like to be open? Does she like loud noises? And you start kind of piecing together. All that matters is who we are, what we love, 
what's difficult for us. So by the time they go to kindergarten, you know, this is what my kids should be studying or, or really making sure we nurture because this is what lights them up. Maybe that's not the right school. We start having awareness of how we can help guide and love and nurture who they were created to be, as opposed to saying, shut your mouth, don't interrupt and memorize. All my kids interrupt and they're always constantly in trouble, but I'm always just like, not all of them, three. but I'm always like, speak your mind, of course, ask questions, but, but that's not often um, welcomed or encouraged well, because I, teachers just want to get through I, their I shit. I want to defend Nobu is your son because he is, he is really bright, but he's beyond a, a, a memorizer. I mean, he asks questions. He's the most eloquent I oh, mean, he's a, yeah. he's a, he's a young man, you know, like uh, he's young, but his mind is, is, is very wise anyway. So <laughs> you, you said he's your spirit animal. So I know he's a phenom <laughs> because you are, what I was addressing was our no, educational I know, system, I know, nothing I know to do with you, him. I know, I know what you meant. And I actually agree. I agree with the, with the concept of like, but that's what you were so good, Melissa, and you haven't said a word yet. And I got to let you talk because you have, I know you have opinions on this, but she was such well, an was amazing thinking, mother. I mean, you were an amazing mother who you. nurtured this kid to become the person yes. who asked questions. That's really, so I appreciate what you were saying. Yes. Really. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I was, as you were talking, <laughs> I was thinking about a conversation I had this morning with uh, a friend of mine out of the out of Ireland who has an incredibly thick brogue. And I'm not really quite sure what we were talking about after a while. I just got off the phone and I was kept, my daughter said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. It's like, I can't stop. My my mouth kept trilling, rolling down the hill as I was talking. (laughs) I was talking to this guy and he's, he's doing, putting on a uh, warrior, uh, like a male warrior thing where, because he deals with men in mental illness and he's helping them and they're doing these ice plunges out of the UK where they, you know, well, you're ready and they, rah, and they all go rushing into the water. And he I, he said, Melissa, don't you find that, in, that, that we're taking away masculinity from men? And I said, well, it, it's interesting that you should say that. Um, my son's in college and I think it was, I think it was his sophomore year. He's now junior that he was telling me about a professor he had um, a female professor, I'll leave the name of the college and everything at, at anonymous here, but he was, my son's six, 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 seven in shoes. So he's a tall, long, lanky guy Damn. and his legs were not closed. His legs were open and the teacher was walking and he it moved and leg opened his legs. And she said, must you manspread to try to dominate me? The professor asked my son this, and he said, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. He said, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. And she said, anytime a man spreads his legs, it's he's trying to control and intimidate the females. And my son said, well, I'm going to assume you don't have my anatomy. And because I'm going to assume you don't have my anatomy, you have no idea what you're talking about. He said, you couldn't be more wrong. Testicles can shift to an area where it makes it uncomfortable to sit. I'm making sure that I am comfortable. He said, and he said, you're wrong. He said, so carry on. And I, he was telling me this and I said, I'm really proud Perfect. of you for wow. speaking up for yourself. So yeah. I was telling this, I was telling this um, guy in Ireland, I'm not sure what he said, said something about lucky charms. And, and then we, we carried on. But as you were talking, I was thinking, giving people permission, regardless of the environment, whether it's in a relationship, 
which I'd like to segue to with you because I understand you're in an amazing relationship. Now, Lee with this a lovely person, but giving people permission, whether you're the parent raising our children, whether you're a, a lover within a new relationship, whether you're a friend, however that, wherever that it unfolds, giving people permission to speak their mind, to speak their truth, to question, to Always. understand more purely is really our greatest, yeah. our greatest gift we can give to people. And I, my question for you is, I know that being a Reiki master, your whole, the, 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 the beautiful gift of Reiki is that not only do you heal energy and you reduce stress. And I would think, God, isn't it, isn't that what our relationship should be like also? So I want to talk to you about this in the yes. theme of love and relationships and giving permission. How do you coach and, and, and work with your, your clients and your, your audience on how to navigate this real tenuous step where people are fearful of giving someone too much liberty in a relationship for fear they're going to lose a bit of themselves. How do you help them find that balance in the name of love? Oh, a few things. There's fear, right? Fear and love. So when people are having fear mm -hmm. about giving things away or receiving it or it's done right or it has to be this, right? It's already starting out opposite of love. So anytime people have fear or are guarded or want to make sure, you know what I mean? That's a yeah. block from love because love flows. Love is just love. So anything that we're holding in our crazy ass spinning minds <laughs> that want to protect us because of past, right? Or something that our parents did or something in a relationship or our last, my husband <laughs> or whatever it is, we're bringing a bag of shit into the present moment, right? So it's not happening. It's not real, but we're bringing it in to a beautiful space of love. So having people, allowing people to have ownership of their thoughts and what they bring, right? Because often with, I'm dating this, this um, actually uh, spiritually committed to um, this guy named Billy. who I, I thought you got married. But I'll have to tell. Did you get married? Well, we did, but we, we did. Look, I got a pretty ring. <laughs> but here's what it is. He said, I want to marry you. And I said, I want to commit myself to you because I know you're the guy. And I said, but I just got my alimony and my child support. And that was 22 years of my life. And I, that's my money. And if I marry you, I don't ever have access to what we created in that 22 years. And I would like that. So I'm, I'm open to committing myself spiritually to you with my heart and soul, but not doing it the way the government tells us we have to, gotcha. to make it right or, gotcha. or legal. Gotcha. Right. Um, so just, just, just for now. Right. And then when I'm making my gazillions of dollars <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking towards, um, I'll let that go. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, um, but here's, what's really interesting about him. When I met him, something lit up here and, and I just knew, wow, it felt like here you are. And we just jumped right in. Um, and we've been together for nine months, but what's so interesting about it is I got at the basic primal thing within me. This is my guy. Now, this is my guy I'm going to walk home with. This is also my guy that I'm going to get triggered the hell from. He's going to trigger everything in me that needs to be healed. And I think that's something that's really important to know about a relationship is we go in with fluffy love and excitement, right? 
And then after about a year, that starts to wear off and you're like, oh shit, you what? What'd you say? You know, all of these kind of things come up, but what happens is we have so much trauma, old stories, old hurts in our body that need to be released. And a partnership is coming together in a space of love to enjoy all of you, not always perfect and good, but, but what I'm loving with him is I have this awareness that I didn't have in my last marriage with David. I was just in it, figuring out life as I go. But now I know when I'm like, what did you just say? How dare you? know, I want to do something like that. Or you forgot what? That I stop. Or I do it, actually. <laughs> Usually I do it. Because I'm not a robot. I'm very human. And I respond and I get mad. And then after a few breaths or after I sit for a minute, I go, oh, shit this is mine. This upset is mine. Where did he touch inside me that needs me to love it? And it's getting into the self-exploring. This is, this is a part of self-love mm -hmm. is realizing your triggers are not because someone caught you off. Your triggers because in the past, somebody hasn't let you feel like you matter or you don't fit in or you can't get in. And you know what I mean? You're not heard. And so you overreact to somebody cutting when the truth is, if you, if you stay out of your crazy, and you look at the facts, somebody went fast in front of you. Wow, he must have been in a hurry. He must be having a hard day. I'm going to let him go. But instead, we attach a hurt. We get triggered. And then we respond or react. I mean, not respond, we react. So that's something super cool with my new relationship with Billy is he says something. I'm like, are you freaking <laughs> kidding me in my head? And then I'll go, what did you just say? And he's like, why did that make you mad? Like, I'm not mad. I just want to know what you said. You know what I mean? And then it's like, but I just visited him for four days. I just got back. He lives in Seattle. We go like every other week. And I argued with him the whole time. I was constantly triggered. By the end, I was so exhausted. And on the way to the airport, I was like, holy hell, Billy. And he goes, why? I go, I had no idea I had that much more work to do on me. That's nice, though. It's wonderful that you could come to that place. And it's also really wonderful that you can see that love doesn't always look, like you said, fluffy and happy. And, you know, Melissa's been in a relationship for, I mean, 30 years? Is it 30? It's 30 something years. 38. 38 years. 38 years. Wow. Which is astonishing. Yeah. And you have and, a, a wonderful relationship, but it's but a I, real relationship. I, I want to say, you know, and it's developed. Yeah. I want to say something real quick about Mario. I'm sorry. I want to say one, one thing that pops in when people go, I've been married 42 years. I don't applaud anymore because I want to know that. Are you happy? That's why Are I you brought doing it up things because together? it's one Do of you... the few relationships yes. that I can say, yes. oh my God, they work on it all the time. I mean, they're, they're the most committed the relationship, but also as a family, they work on, I mean, it really is inspiring and we'll do a show on it. Gorgeous. It, it's amazing. And, and Bobby well, and I, I think, have that kind I of, and Bobby and I have that kind of relationship, but you know, it took me oh, yeah. to have a I bad relationship to get there whatever, or not a bad relationship, yeah. but a tough relationship, I should say. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, I think the most important thing is we give, we give ourselves permission for it to not look pretty sometimes and not redefine what it is. It's still love. And you said, you alluded to this earlier. Always. Like I, ha I had a relationship before that where I didn't trust the guy as far as I could throw him. And so going into this, I had my armor up, I, you know, and I came in talking like, 
a tough chick and I like I won't put up with this in a relationship and <laughs> Billy's you know a lot more zen than I am and he was like I'm a little bit more confident than I wish he were sometimes sometimes I wish he'd just bend a little bit but he was like yeah all right okay <laughs> like he knew like okay you're you're the tough girl okay got it and we we clashed a lot in the beginning because he was born and raised in Japan and and I was born and raised in the south but both of us were raised in a totally me by matriarchal family him by patriarchal and so there was a lot of clash and I thought it was just that and it wasn't it was the two of us trying to understand each other and we did that as you mentioned earlier when you're young I didn't have children until I was in my late 30s almost 40 so we were younger trying to figure life out together and then we had children much later when you talk about and Meryl can answer this too easily when you guys think back to the relationship you had before, before the one you have now, that you're committed to. Do you think that you expected differently or that you changed differently? And is, or is it a combination of both? I, I'll say when I was married to my husband, David, I was committed and in for life. And whatever the hell came, I was rolling up my sleeves and saying, let's do the work. So something that I really appreciated about divorce that I didn't know about it before is we are here to be a partnership, right? We're walking each other home. Not We don't have to be on the same path all the time, but we're walking towards a common goal, a future together, a vision, right? The minute somebody sits down and you're still walking and you look back and you say, come on. And they're like, not getting up. Not getting up, like, but I'm still moving on with life. Come right. with me. I'm sitting down, right? You're no longer in a partnership. You're no longer in a, in a relationship of two people walking <laughs> together. And as soon as somebody sits down, it's over. And if people stay in that because for the kids, they're modeling yeah. for the kids what a loveless marriage yeah. looks like. Right. They're showing how to just settle for what is, you know, but yeah. that's not why we're here. So it was a really beautiful gift for me because I'm all in when I'm in. But when somebody sits down, I had to really grieve my thought that I was told that it's for life in the Catholic church. You don't divorce. You're bad. All this stuff, you know? And and for my dad too, with my mom. So I'm just like, I had to almost die to let go of the idea that we're, he wasn't mine anymore. That we outgrew ourselves, but it was actually natural and beautiful. But my fighting, it caused me suffering. Yeah. And I think for me, it was, it was, I think I had this, I had a similar, I mean, it wasn't a religious like thing, but it was definitely, you know, oh, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be different. And, and I always found, I turned it back on myself. I'm, I need to do more work on myself. It must be me. Things aren't working out. There's no communication. It must be me. I was also super young. I got married at I met him at 22. I was married eight months later when I just turned 23. So I was super young because I think of my own girls who were in their 30s and they're, you know, they're not married yet. And you know what I mean? So I was just this very young girl who, who was living in a very adult sort of and looked like I knew what the heck was going on. And I, and I really didn't. I, I learned, I think you're absolutely correct. You're, you're, I, I wanted to move with this person, grow with this person. And then there is a certain point where you look back and they're sitting down and you're like, wait, why, what? 
And I held on for a lo- for the longest time until like one day I just looked and I said, I can't do this anymore. I just, I can't. And he was like, huh? And I was like, I'm yeah. done. And it was and that, such that, a relief. That, it was also yeah. very painful yes. and very hard. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, and that yeah. is a form of love, right? It's, it's a love that you know that you've had because you've had children or, or whatever. And, and I was in it and I, I thought it was the biggest thing in my life until it just had, it had shifted and moved to a different thing that could no longer be. And it was no longer healthy and it was not serving me or him. So, and it doesn't serve your kids. And I think that was one of the key things that you said that is so important is that we, we make the mistake of thinking, oh, I'm going to stay for my children, but they know energetically, they know, they know that there's pain involved. They know know. that there's toxicity in the, in the room, you know, there's unspoken things. It's not healthy for anybody, you know, it becomes, yeah, it becomes a love and you know, you said it's, and you said, well, it's a form of love to still want to hold on. No, that's actually not. Because when you just said, you know, it's a form of love to still want to hold on to this thing. Well, if it's not love anymore and it's hurting your body and it's not uplifting you and him, right? You're no longer equally yoked. Holding on to that is actually disservice to self. No, I it's didn't say, I didn't know. And I, I have to correct you. That's not what I meant. I me. meant that it is that, that okay. love has different stages. And love as it's not, yes, as it's not working in that form shifts. So it becomes a different, yeah. and that my self love yeah. was I can't do this anymore. And yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's when you got when to the point. Yes, and my life, has, I can't do it. It's crushing shifted. me. And there's so much more love in my life now. Like I've been, my friendship yeah. with Melissa is extraordinary to me because I never had girlfriends. I just didn't have friendship. I mean, I had some girlfriends that I knew forever, but I was No, I don't either. I'm a like, loner. I didn't have really I'm, not, close, I'm a loner. Like, I didn't know how to love others because I couldn't love myself. I mean, yes. that you hear that all the time, but because you are yes. so kind of, it's like, a, it's like a muscle I didn't use. And it, it was, and it was almost embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I, I was know why I couldn't be have like really close friendships you know you'd see the movies of women <laughs> having these friendships forever and I'd be like I know wait Mariel this is my same thing my first friend I had as an adult named Liz I said to her I just want to tell you I like you so much but I really don't know how to be a good friend so will you kind of stick with me as I navigate this because I'm used to just being acquaintances with everyone and I feel like a loner because my story from my childhood was I'm all alone. And that's even though I was in a big crowded house with a lot of people. So that was kind of my story. So when I kind of get vulnerable that you don't know what to do, right. you, you know, you're a loner, let them go, you know, but no, I longed for that deep well, sister I connection. Say that with I, have, I have it. And so I think it's so beautiful. It, really, it blows my mind. It, 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 it's like a surprise. That's where love is, is so extraordinary in the sense that, it's not just mm. your, you know, your partner in life, you know, that you're yep. married to or whatever or that you're living with. It's also these friendships yes. that become as important 
relationships as any other relationship that you have. Because my relationship with Melissa is so important to me. And I'm so, I'm so connected to it. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's fun. And it's interesting as it unfolds. It's a love that is like new to me, but it's it's like, wow, this is great. This Mm. is great. It's wonderful. Yeah, it really is. I love it. It's, It's fun. And it's, and when it's, when you both put in the, when you're both coming from a position in a relationship, you're both coming into it wanting the same. I want, I want this relationship as much as Marielle does. I want my marriage as much as he does. I want a relationship with my kids as much as they want with me. With children, it's a trickier thing, right? Because children are going through phases and sometimes parents want more than the kids can give at the time. But whatever it's this, whenever your relationship as an adult with a friend with a lover, uh, a spouse is, is coming from an equal grounding. I mean, that's the whole point of walking together at the same pace. And what, and the one thing that I do, I'm hearing both of you say, you both walked into your new relationships. These, this with a different mindset of expectations, not only for the relationship, but also of yourself. And I think when, instead of, pointing the fingers of, uh, you know, it, it, this is all because of him. This is all her, because of her. And we can say, well, maybe I was lacking in this area and I'd like to strengthen that muscle oh, yeah. using Mariel's terminology for, for me, regardless of whether A, B or C works out for yeah. me, when you come in with that, I think that's, it's really key for us to understanding as a business owner over the years, we, Billy and I've had our own businesses for 20 plus years. And I've often seen the healthiest departures of that that employer employee relationship have been when the person on their exit would say to me I'm moving on to do this or I'm leaving to do that and I just want you to know I love what you and Billy did for me in this area and I see where I need to be stronger in this area so I'm leaving and I and I always thought it's not that they were blaming themselves but they admitted that it wasn't you know, I've had also had people leave and say, you guys suck and I'm out of here and you guys are terrible. And then they go on to still have trouble wherever else they are. Cause you know, bad new, bad, bad energy follows you like a stink. So they just would fall, fly out the door and not grow. But you guys walked into these relationships saying, okay, I won't accept this. And I need to work on this for me. I recognize that this is not good for me. And so I think that loving yourself is one of the most selfless things you can do because then you're you're good for everybody around you the more balanced and beautiful you are that's right and I know Lee that you Mariel was telling me earlier that you and you and I spoke about it briefly pre-show that you have an event coming up can you please talk to our audience about that and tell us what it's all about and where and when and why and who and how all the (laughs) journalistic questions Uh, absolutely thank you for asking I'm having my self-love fiesta in um, Baja Cabo at a place called the White Lodge. And it is extraordinary, beautiful. It's uh, it's like the perfect space. It's small and it's white and it's overlooking the Sea of Cortez. And um, you know what I found working with people, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what seminar you go to, what book you read, what, unless you know you're worthy of having what you're reading, you're worthy mm-hmm. of the abundance and the abundance class. You know, unless you really, it's in your core, it goes on your shelf and you just go to the next one and the next one, right? So I'm, I'm just realizing how hungry people are for more and deeper and happier experiences in life. And, and the only thing keeping us from that is our mind and our thoughts. So helping people quiet here 
and coming here. And, and I have practices that I did with myself um, through my divorce, which was a really horrible experience, a sad, heart ripping. Um, I found ways when I was in hell to close my eyes and come back to me and say, I'm right here. I got you. I've got you. You're okay. Just breathe. Everything's okay. I mean, I got these tools that I mastered on myself because I was literally crazy, spinning, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, all the stuff I was finding out, all the stuff I was going through. It was, I was like, gosh, I, I'm dying with him. I'm dying with, like, I heard about this thing that if you get in their disease, you can, you know, but I was like, I am, I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't parent my children. I tried to help them them change. I can't do that either. And finally, you know, when I got so tired, I realized, oh, wait, mm -hmm. all we can ever do is us. Right. We can never change another person. And the only way to change is to be what you want to see. So I thought, what do I want in a relationship? And the biggest thing for me, everything is 50-50, no matter what anyone says. There's one side, there's the other. And somewhere yeah. in the middle is the truth. Yes. Right? Because we Absolutely. have our own perspective. Can you can you life. tell us uh, before no because right we're wrong, gonna right? we're about to wrap up, but I'd love for you to tell us the place, okay, the date, and how they can connect with you if they wanna if they wanna come. Fantastic. So the place is called the White Lodge in Baja Cabo. Mm, it's ew. It's my own <laughs> hair. I was like, what's in there? <laughs> it's April twentieth awesome. through the twenty third. Um, and I will give you guys a link Perfect. that they can read more about Beautiful. it and sign up. And you can also follow me on Instagram at, and it's just my name, Lee Keckner, L-E-I-G-H-K-O-E-C-H-N-E-R. And, um, there's in, in my bio. Well, this has been great. I, I love talking to you Fantastic. because you really do have such a a beautiful, I love your life experiences because they inform how you think about the world. And if, Frankly, how can we, how can any of us have an opinion about anything unless we've had an experience that, that surrounds it or that touches it? So That's right. thank you for sharing your experiences and thank you for sharing your love in the beginning of our, our kind of love journey. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. And to everyone listening, you are worthy, you are whole, you are perfect just as you are. Try and be gentle with yourself and tell your mind to shh. It sounded a little bit like Mr. Rogers. I like that That's though. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. Won't you be my that. neighbor? I do too. I actually I love too. him. So Precious good. man. Anyway. Yeah. Thank oh my you gosh, did you so see you? Much. Okay, thank yeah. you for coming to Outcomes the Sun podcast. Lee Keckner, we're so excited that you came on today. And thank you, Melissa. This was wonderful. And you're going to have to come back and talk to us again. Thank you so much for joining us today on Outcomes the Sun. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and on YouTube. And you can donate to the Mariel Hemingway Foundation at themarielhemingwayfoundation.org. And I want to spell Hemingway for you, H-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y.org. I only say that because a lot of people put two M's and that just won't work. Um, also, on if you're watching on YouTube, you can go to the donate button at the bottom and it will take you right to a link with a QR code. And uh, if you go to MarielHemingway.org, you can also 
press the donate button and be able to donate to the foundation, which is designed to help guide people towards finding the right solutions for their mental health issues. Um, that is my goal. I'm just trying to raise money so I can come up with an app and a website that has all the information you could possibly want to know about mental health and where to go. But we are in the process of making that happen. And your donation means so much to us. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.